Hello and welcome back to the Tea Balance podcast with me, Tori Bowie. I'm a holistic health and life coach and founder of Tea Balance, the coaching practice that I've created to help individuals tune into themselves to be able to live their life to the fullest. In this week's episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Jenny Chabak-Healy. Ginny was at British Vogue for 12 years before moving out of London and setting up her own business, VCH Style, last year. Ginny has many roles, a weekly column for the Sunday Telegraph, an ambassadorial role for Smartworks Charity, and consultancy roles for designer brands as well as private individuals. But most importantly, as well as her new baby in the form of her business, Ginny is mother to two adorable girls and, like many, suffered with postnatal depression after her second daughter was born. In this episode, we chat about how this has shaped her and what she does to keep herself on track and balanced while quite literally juggling it all. Ginny, it's so lovely to see you. How are you? I'm glad to be here, Tori, because it means... It's the end of my day because it's been quite fraught. I came up from um, Berkshire where I live and a day like this is full packed, full packed, jam packed with back to back meetings. And um, I don't come to London that often. I also am juggling my babies at the moment because I haven't got a nanny. So I'm here. I'm in the moment and I can't wait to do this. Yay, I'm so happy you're here. Well, I've Palo Santoed the kitchen, so the energy <laughs> is <laughs> the energy is ready for you. So thank you so much for making time to come and chat to us. But you know this is my first ever podcast. Is it? Yeah, I'm a podcast virgin, if you will. Okay, well, <laughs> let's take those V plates. <laughs> anyway, so please enlighten us all with the wonderful things that you do. Well, I guess most people will know me as the girl who left Vogue after 12 years because it's been, you know, a part of my spiel recently. But I set up my own fashion consultancy, uh, VCH style. And I have just submitted my first kind of accounts to my accountant. So I'm feeling really proud because it means I've done a year. So I'm I'm working with brands. I've just come today from meetings, for instance, with Louis Vuitton and Church's Shoes. Uh, then I went to a couple of press days, Hobbs and Massimo Duty. So I'm doing a little bit of what I did at Vogue, but ultimately I'm trying to consult with brands. I do a bit of private client styling and I do a lot of presentations. Um, but most importantly, I'm a mother of two girls. So it the is quite busy. Girls. Not all the time. <laughs> so busy. I'm so proud of you because I remember when I used to work in Vogue House, not in the same department as you, but... You just literally, you were Vogue. <laughs> Was I? <laughs> you were. But you then made this huge, huge change. Like when you, mm. after you had Nancy, you then moved, or was it after you had Maggie? Had it was you had them our, both? I had Maggie. Maggie was eight weeks when we moved okay. out of London. So you made this huge change from your very London life yeah. to the countryside, which is massive. Yes, but as you know, having grown up in the country, I think you're always going to be called back to it. And I think I never lived in London. I've only ever lived, you know, my parents live in the family house that I grew up in, in Surrey. My husband, Ollie, your cousin, um, has only ever lived in Wiltshire. I think both of us knew deep down, although we didn't talk about it for a while, we would always be called called is that called yeah we'd all be always be tempted back to the country and definitely 
He prefers a slower pace. Definitely, we wanted to see more green fields and spaces and trees. And with children then being born, we wanted to literally teach our children about the birds and the bees. And um, and that's what we're doing. So we did move out of London pretty early. I really found it difficult. But I knew we were doing the right thing and we had to put other people first. Um, but we definitely talked about it and and we found a really lovely place to live. So we're very lucky. And I've made some really, really good friends and that's kind of key to any big transformation. Totally. And actually, I remember because it wasn't, it wasn't long after you had moved to the country that you were going through all of the sort of trauma that you went through with your postnatal depression. Yeah, I hope you don't mind if we. No, sort of it touch kind on that of bit, gives me but... goosebumps. But um, I guess what I what I suffered was a little bit of an identity crisis as well. I had been Ginny, who worked for British Vogue for then it was ten years. I had access to the biggest brands in the world I had the most brilliant editor that I really looked up to in Alexandra Shulman I had a wonderful commercial boss in Stephen Quinn um seemingly I had it all um I had an amazing you know I could walk to work I had we found the perfect nanny it all slotted into place and then we moved out of London I think I thought I could just still keep it all going and actually um my second child Maggie was much much more difficult she still is but that is what I love about her she didn't sleep through in fact she just wailed and wailed she didn't have reflux but she she really kind of let herself be known every time you know we moved her from a um, position of comfort or something she just is quite ballsy and quite um feisty but I um you know, as a little baby. And then I had Nancy, who was 18 months, 19 months, um, and she wouldn't leave my side either. So I couldn't ever really be on my own. If they both watched me go to the loo, Maggie and her bouncer and Nancy just staring. And then I'd have workmen appearing at the door being like, all right, love, I'm here to finish your gas, whatever, or replace your boiler or do one of the gazillion things we hadn't foreseen we'd have to do. And it all just mounted and mounted and and Ollie was going off to work and could escape. And I I just kind of lived my worst nightmare, which sounds awful because um because it's so hard for so many people to have children and then you kind of think you're such a spoiled brat for thinking this is so difficult. I kind of you know, sometimes I thought I wish I hadn't had children. Um and I think that's when I knew that this wasn't just me being tired or or finding it lonely. I um, I went to the doctor and I just crumbled. And I it had been off the back of a weekend in London with my girlfriends. And basically, I hadn't wanted to return home. And I then knew that I was avoiding a new week because I was just, you know, I'd hit a wall, basically. So, yeah, I, I then put pen to paper, as it were, and wrote about it and... Um, and that's become a bit of an identity, you know, element, if you see what I mean. People are like, oh, yeah, you had postnatal. But I'm quite proud of that. I don't mind it. No, I think it's, I think in some ways, you know, with, with actually anything that goes on in our lives, all of the good is wonderful and all of the bad actually teaches us something and it makes us stronger and it creates the person that actually we really, really are within and think about what you how you now see life or how you 
now see other people who are going through it and the support that you can give them from the yeah. experience that you've had. But I don't know, there's just something I always think with things that have happened in my life that actually it's just, it's not about wishing they hadn't happened or anything like that. It's about learning who yeah. you, what and you, you have need to, to do take, to get through. You have to take the rough with the smooth, don't you? I mean, totally. and I think what doesn't break you makes you stronger. I think it did break me slightly, but... Um, you would not believe the number of people who got in touch after I'd written the blog post, which, by the way, just was like a spur-of-the-moment decision. Unfortunately, it was taken then to be the Vogue girl who had postnatal depression, but I don't think you get many Vogue women saying how hard they found it. So actually, I'm quite proud to be the person that put my hand up and said, yeah, I did have it all, but also, like, it was really bloody tough. Mm. Um... And also, um, yes, it's become, like, a, my thing, but I've also grown out of it. I, I I was lucky enough I didn't have to take antidepressants. I found alternative ways. So some would say, oh, you really didn't have it that badly then. But actually, I just knew I'm not a pill person. I, I knew I wanted to kind of find my own way out of it. Um, but I, I think it was also before any of this was picked up on, you know, perhaps by the royals showing their support for mental health um, and that, you know, mind charities and uh, heads together and all that. So it it didn't feel like I was following a trend, as it were. It was it was 2016. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite, I'm proud. I think my father found it quite hard. Um, he definitely wasn't up for seeing his daughter on the front page of the telegraph when it was then picked up by the telegraph um so it was also a way to kind of confront other taboo subjects in terms of my parents um understanding mental health and my mother then said you know I think I probably had it but you just didn't talk about it then she couldn't leave the house you know yeah um so it's it's yeah it's been a transformation (laughs) But an amazing one, and your two girls. That I, it's Maggie's birthday yesterday. She was three yesterday. Yeah, and we. Um, she is just so amusing. I mean, I, I'm sure there are, there are parents listening who sort of think, "Oh, I bet Ginny dresses her children in like Peter Pan collars and floral dresses." No, no, Maggie wants to wear like Snoopy trousers, Paw Patrol T-shirts, Crocs, stripy socks, all at the same time. And then we went to church on Sunday for Easter and obviously the sun was shining, it was boiling hot, but she wanted to put on her woolly hat, her raincoat, her her camouflage welly boots. She's completely unique and I will forever be grateful that it was weirdly a struggle because she's just showing her amazing character and and then there's lovely Nancy who's quiet and sensible and loves singing and, you know, they they work well together as siblings. They're hilarious, I literally love them. Um... Okay, so another thing that you've done since moving to the countryside is you've become an ambassador for yeah. SmartWorks. So I'm an ambassador for SmartWorks Thames Valley. Which is amazing. So SmartWorks, yeah. can you tell us a tiny bit about it? So SmartWorks, uh, they have, um, I think, four key offices around the country. And I specifically joined Thames Valley, which has its head office in Reading, which is about you know half an hour from where I live, because um, I really wanted to be able to access the office and really help you know, get my hands dirty, as it were. It's not always that easy when you have to commit to coming to London, where the big, big office is. Um, And they specialise in using um, new or as good as new clothing 
that is donated often from brands and particularly at the moment from brands because everyone's wanting to support the charity and they use those clothes to then offer um to women who have been sent to SmartWorks from the job center so you have to kind of go through the hoops as it were of applying for a role and then when you get an interview you are then given the option um to go to SmartWorks so these are women who have either fallen on hard times or they've had to go back to work um, because their children are now in school and they, they need to make ends meet or they've been bankrupt, um, you know, and it's... It all had really tough upbringings or been... Exactly, there's domestic violence, yeah. um, there's abuse. It, there's a lot that you you don't talk mm. to the candidates about, but they get the chance to be given a quick kind of styling um, session they get to keep the outfits, the handbags, the necklaces. They're given a toothbrush and toothpaste if they need it because some women will literally wow. enter SmartWorks with a plastic bag of their belongings. Um, and then they are also given the interview advice and how to approach and how the, um, the main day, the main event. And it's so I've learned a lot from that element because I've sat in on a couple of interviews. Um, but it just is really lovely to apply fashion knowledge um, and I have no formal training everything I've learned is from work experience and then my time at Vogue um, I'd studied art history there was never any fashion degree but to take that time at Vogue and then apply it to these women who do you know what they're just giving their all and they're trying to kind of be the better person um, that they possibly can and it can be and go for these interviews and yes some of them are going for interviews at McDonald's and some of them are going to be interviews at the post office and some a lady the other day was coming up to London and she was going to be interviewing at the Royal Geographical Society. Like, they are a real mixed bag. Um, sometimes they're foreign, all that kind of thing. So it's a really good way to um, just meet people and interact and learn about their insecurities and, and how clothes can really transform a person's um, out, outlook and um, how they present themselves and you know it's not just about how you sit and how you talk and what's on your cv clothes can give you the confidence you never thought you had totally and that's what i think is just so cool about it and these women who are literally sometimes wearing sort of burberry or these amazing brands whatever they may be and suddenly they think actually i'm wearing something that makes you stand that bit taller or and they and and they get to keep it as well. Yeah, and it's then, so cool. And Do they have their makeup and things done as well. They can. Uh, Bobby sometimes. Brown, yeah, Bobby Brown have donated makeup. Um, and I think a lot of brands are now, and I don't mean this negatively, but they're mm. jumping on the bandwagon that the Duchess of Sussex is now the royal patron, and um, you will see a lot of brands support SmartWorks, which is fantastic. But you equally need the financial donations to keep the lights on and the staff there running it because it can't just run on free clothes alone. Totally. That's so um, amazing. I'm so glad that you're doing something like that. And as you say, so nice to have something locally. And um, there's something that you wrote in your article that you did for Mumfidential yeah. that really, I just loved a little quote about um, behind all the seemingly perfect Farrenball front doors, everyone is having their own private battles. And it's so, it, first of all, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> love that. So it's true. Time. It's so true. But for you, like the other struggles that you kind of faced when you moved to the country mm-hmm. with things such as social media and yeah that I'm sure added to the oh I still get it I hate social media I I mean 
I use it as a marketing tool, but it causes it causes arguments between myself and my husband because he doesn't do it. He's not on it. Um, part of him would sort of want to feel like he's all high and mighty because he's not on it. But actually, I'm like, no, get with the program. I'm self-employed. I need to market myself. You get to go to an office every day and, you know, you're paid to go on holiday. I have to keep it going. But also, it's about um, knowing when to stop. And I actually was listening to Clemmie Hooper, who is mother of daughters, on Instagram. She has anxiety, like you wouldn't believe, but she treats social media like she would well, when we used to read a newspaper. So you get it in the morning, you check in, and then you scan it, and then you, you put it away, basically. And you get on with idea. your day. Otherwise, you fall into these Instagram holes, five minutes here, 25 minutes there. And it is so bad for the soul, unless you're feeling like you can take on the world. And um, I'm saying this with a clenched fist. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely had to switch it off. It's what I say to all new mothers switch off the social media you don't need it pick up the phone see which of your friends get in touch via whatsapp or actually making a traditional phone call um and and actually i would say it to any mothers or mother-in-laws listening like it's always the quiet one so pick up the phone and or write a letter i mean i'm quite old school in suggesting that. that but i don't think we need to live through others i think we just need to be grateful for what we have even if it's a screaming baby. Um, and I I wish I could take my own advice sometimes, but um, it's that dopamine hit, isn't it? It's like, oh my God, someone liked my picture. Or, oh my God, in my case, oh my God, someone wants a wardrobe edit because, and they've DM'd me. Or, or someone um, followed me, or like yeah. this person did that, or whatever. But also, it's it's really negative. Like, I, I, I've had some very weird people get in touch, and I don't need that in my life either. Totally. It's also, I think, quite a lot of it is smoke and mirrors and not that you, any of us, do this on purpose. But I'm not going to post a photo on my social media when I'm having a bad day. I'm just not going to post a photo of myself. So as we all know, it's It's, literally the highlights of everyone's life. And also on top of that, it means that then you've got people in your network. So, you know, perhaps it's your mother's friend if they're on Instagram and they see what you're doing. They think, oh, she's really good. She's amazing. She's well, (laughs) da, 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 da. And so then it's that whole thing which has been created where no one's actually making contact with people. No. They're just seeing these snapshots, like yeah. one a week or one a day or whatever it might be. And you feel you've checked in with that person. Exactly, and no one's made contact. So you're so right when you say, like, particularly to the quiet ones, like, pick up the yeah. phone, is everything okay? And I don't know, there have definitely been times when I've thought that myself, been like, oh, they're having a jolly time, yeah. and then suddenly you realise that they're not. That's if I do anything. post, I really want to give advice. I Okay, it's fashion advice, but it's not... Like, my husband won't let me put our children on anymore, for instance. Or definitely not their faces. But they are part of who I am, and... But, you know, you have to be quite strict with yourself. If it's, a, like, you, you know, running a company from it, it's, it's, it's a message, it's marketing, but it, it is it can take up far too much of your day unless you're quite strict with it. Totally. Um, I, I could never be one of those influencers. I have serious respect to them because I can jolly well see why Clemmie Hooper has anxiety because she's like a personality off the back of social media. Whereas at least I have, I had a career elsewhere and, you know, she's also a midwife to be, to her credit. But um, I always said to my husband... I would never make influence this um, influence Instagram the sole purpose of my business. Totally, it's I the best best way to be, and also to not think too much about what you're posting. Yeah. 
you said let that it go. when you gave me advice. I was having a wobble, wasn't I? Yeah. And you gave me the best advice, and and also you had no idea what I was talking about. So it just showed <laughs> it was just me down another rabbit hole. Yeah, but, which um, we can all find ourselves in sometimes. <laughs> okay, so moving on. So obviously that's sort of part self-care is, is sort of figuring out your relationship, I suppose, with Instagram and your usage. But what do you do for self-care? And I know that it's very, it will be very different to how it was five, six years ago. Yeah. But with the girls, like how do you make time for self-care and, and what are the things that you do? Uh, I have to exercise. Um, it used to be exercise to keep the weight off. It's now exercise for the endorphins. Because that's what, sadly, keeps me happy. Sadly? No, not no I'm proud of it. It keeps me happy. I don't take medication. Well, I take stuff from my thyroid, if you really want to know. But <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, do, I haven't done antidepressants. I don't want to do it. So I take a lot of magnesium and I take uh, a lot of exercise, even if it's just 15 minutes in the garden you know, I've had, I've been doing a plank and my two-year-old will try and like, you know, wiggle under the plank, three-year-old. And so it's quite amusing and it's definitely not as wonderful as the days of going to hardcore, which was just the dream and across the earth, but you sort of justified it by having like a really good body. Um, so I, I've let a bit go of myself, but um, I, I do take things like probiotics I definitely do the whole apple cider vinegar in the morning. Yes, but that's you do. because my husband, you know, he's the oil and vinegar buyer for Waitrose. So like he brings it home. He brings <laughs> home the vinegar. Um and then the one thing I've tried to stick to, because I realised I was sitting on the sofa after supper each night and we would get through a whole bar of lint chocolate or a whole little box of Maltesers or something. So we tried to give up sugar in the week. Um Although we've substituted that with cheese, which isn't really the same. But it's a good way to just stop. And you don't need the sugar. And I sleep a bit better, but I binge at the weekends. And then I sleep really That's badly. not balance. It's not balance, tea balance, is it? No. So I'm going wrong there. <laughs> no, you just need to have moderation, but it's super hard. I mean, as most people know, that chocolate is my absolute nemesis. Oh. I gave it up for Lent. And then ate way too much of the weekend and my skin's totally broken out, which is such a shame. We tried Tony's chocolate only. I'm going to bang on about this chocolate. No. It's amazing. Available at Waitrose. Uh, Tony's chocolate only is, um, it's like the good chocolate, as in it does good for the people who produce it. Amazing. Love yeah. that. And their branding is quite in your face. Like it tells you most chocolate is made by slaves. Oh, really? And they are hoping to do good in the world. And this is not sponsored. This is just me obsessed with this new chocolate brand. No, I do that. And then the other thing I would say is, um, we did this a lot at Vogue, actually. Um, Every time you have anything to Mm. eat, try and have protein with it. So if you want that square of chocolate, have an almond with it. Or, you know, if you want the... I don't know, what am I going to say? Like... The, the chips and the, the chips. salad, <laughs> try and add chicken to it. Yeah. But nuts are usually the best thing I nuts add. Nuts are great. And nuts it just chocolate. keeps it going. And I think James Dugan does that, James, of um, Bodyism. He, he wrote an amazing book, which I actually read. I, I don't read any of the others. But yeah, combining protein. Nuts are like my best friend. Mm. I love really nuts. Good. But you can eat too many. Oh, yeah. Anything. But I've got my girls into it as well. So they're not allowed raisins and then, unless they have a few nuts with it as well. Oh, my gosh, that's so It great. suppresses the sugar release. I was actually thinking I laughed so much the other day when I saw your... I think it was an Instagram story and you were having five minutes piece in oh. the bath doing face mask and they both came in <laughs> and attacked it you. It was so funny and 
you know, they were like, why have you got a green face, mummy? And I was just like, give me a moment. I'm just actually trialing this new product, which I, you know, I keep saying which I bought. I think my main thing is I don't want to be the person that's always given freebies. That's my other yeah. message. So I think we see a lot of people living through totally. the free but gifts you, that they're given. That you're not that, you know? No, I shouldn't have bought it. I don't think it was very good. That was, um, was anyway, that, yeah, they, enter- they entertained me with that. Um, that's so funny though but yes things like that like face mask for me I have two evenings a week where I just keep for myself do you yeah and I love it and I need it to keep my like no. head in gear well mine's that's made in Chelsea my, my face masks and stuff love that you watch that I still I'm the only person who watched it Maybe but that's what we need in Berkshire <laughs> um so what are your like main mother work life balance hacks um Definitely make time to do a tiny bit of exercise. It really lifts the soul. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely try and know when to stop your work and start your evening. I'm getting a little bit better, but there's often times when, you know, the children are in bed and that for a mother is when your life begins because you can do stuff without people hanging off you or asking you to wipe their bottom. Um, so I definitely, um, I do exercise. I, I always leave my phone downstairs, always, you know, um, and... When you go to bed. Do you when mean? I go to, yeah, at yeah. night. I'm trying to read more just for my mother-in-law because she thinks I should read more. I, she didn't say that, but I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, um... Like I said, the whole social media approach, treat it like a newspaper and then be done with it. Because guess what? Instagram owns your feed, not you, not the people that you're following. It's all algorithms. I'm a complete cynic, I know, but it's they're feeding you what they think you want to see. So I may have searched for like Peter Pan collared tops for my goddaughter. And guess what? I'm now being sent loads of Peter Pan collar tops from any of the children's wear brands that I follow. So I think it's... um, it's definitely a poison chalice, especially on a bad day, so don't go near it. Um, in terms of children, I just try and get down and dirty and play with them and put my phone to the side because they're now saying, Mummy, get off your phone, and that's the yeah. worst thing you could ever want to hear. Um, and so, or oh, Mummy, you're not listening to me. That's it's awful. I, sh- I feel awful. The guilt never goes away, but get down and dirty even if it's just 10 minutes we do a lot of role play at home and they love it or Sweet. you know honestly dancing around the kitchen i know how much you guys like that yeah. um, <laughs> um and we're trying to do more tree hugging so and Nancy did yoga on Saturday did she yeah that's super sweet so she was trying to show me what they did so but it, it, she thought it was brilliant because it was quiet yeah so it's really interesting what she does so nice. oh my goodness <gasps> I have an elephant that lives upstairs <laughs> <laughs> it's now 10 to 6 p.m. I promise you at 3 a.m. it's worse. Wow. Sorry to everyone. That was so apt as well. (laughs) Yeah, so quiet and then suddenly boom, boom, boom. But yeah, I think, and also just setting aside your time if you possibly can. And I know that not two days are the same, so it's a bit tricky to perhaps do that. But as you say, like, don't spend your evenings working necessarily. Like, that's your time for you and Ollie and, and sort of... I wish I could do yoga. I wish I could. I know everyone says, just download the app and, you know. No, no I, I would want to do it properly and go to a class. But do you know the best thing I ever did? And the most, the, I was so religious about it was seeing a counsellor. I'm going to just put it out there. It was yeah. every Wednesday and I knew it was in the diary and it was me time. And mm. it was 
chat and it was tears and it was laughter and it was amazing and I was bereft when it finished but I realized then like you have to draw the line somewhere Mm. but it is is about having something just for you totally and also this is just throwing out an idea but if you know that one day a week you're going to be in London because you've got a couple of press events or Mm. you've got a meeting here or whatever it may be why don't you check out a yoga class that you can also schedule into your day? So it's not about doing it every day or not about having to find some local village hall yeah. in Berkshire. It's about actually having it as your thing that you go to when you're in, in London, London and making sure that you have meetings around it and that is yeah. your uh, your red block out in your diary that's you. Because I do think that, for me, yoga changed my whole entire life. Really? It really, really did. I'll go to a class with you oh, if you I want when you're... Is it Jamie, your Jamie, teacher? Yeah, oh, she's amazing. Um, she is so wonderful and she has taught me so much about myself, but she's also helped me um, deal with a lot of situations yeah. in a very different way. She will not realise this, oh, but really? what she teaches in the class and what she tells you, because she speaks as you're doing the flow, so you'll be in a pose and she'll be saying that this is letting go of X, Y, and Z or to go deeper. Uh-huh. And it's amazing. And then that, and she always says at the end, take this energy with you into the rest of your day. So you kind of carry that through with you. And I don't do it every day. I wish I did it every oh, day. But her classes are sensational. So if you do want to... Really? It's, actually, when I was... Um, I had a bit of trouble, which I'm not able to talk about, but it was, it was, it was ruling my life and... Um, it was, it was horrific, biggest learning curve of my life. And it was going to spin class every evening on a Wednesday at 8pm. It was horrific, mm, but it was late. the teacher that got me through it yeah. and his choice of music. And I, and when he left at the end, he, uh, after like two years, I, I was sort of trying to fight the tears and he thought I was crazy, but I said, you got me through so many things you have no idea about and you will never know about, but thank you. And it was, um... I think it's stepping out of um, the daily routine and stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit. I didn't know anyone else in that class as well, which I quite liked. Mm. I hate exercising now with people I know. So nice. Okay, well, let's not go together, but oh, no. I do think I mean, that's all right. It's all <laughs> no, right. but I do think it's really nice to allocate that time in your week. Yeah. And you can make it like you literally just sat here and said that seeing a counsellor mm. was one of the best things that you, you looked forward to it in your week because yeah. it was you time. And actually, that helped you so much. So let's go forward preventing yeah. things. And create another... But I do need a nanny. So if anyone listening wants to be my nanny, that would really help me. <laughs> Actually, another hack that I I definitely should do more, but um, I read about um, by my friend Grace Timothy, who wrote a piece about it in Stella magazine. It's referred to as pulling up the drawbridge, and it's basically allocating a whole weekend to just being a family. And um, there are no phones, there are no plans whatsoever... And everything you do is kind of either what the children want to do or it's, you know, what the parents kind of think might be a fun activity. I love that idea of, you know, you batten down the hatches, as it were, and you just exist as your little four or five or whatever you might be. And um, you interact in a way that you probably don't when you've got gazillion plans or swimming lessons on a Saturday morning or whatever it might be. And um, it, it was just a really nice thing to have at the end of a busy week to know that it's just going to be you and your children and your husband almost like getting to know each other again after a crazy week that's so lovely and how often do you do that every month 
No, I wish we could, but I think we need to book one in pretty soon. Yeah, but go through your calendar and literally do it for oh, next year. Oh, yeah, for the so, whole year. So pre-plan them in, because this is what I do with my... Yeah, I've mentioned my two nights a week. I will go through for the next month, and I will block out these times. So when someone says, oh, do you want to come to the cinema? What do you say? So what I say is... Um, Okay, if it's one of my best, best, best friends who I see the whole time, that could work because we don't necessarily need to go into a long chat that okay. is draining, but yes, whatever. I know what you mean. Or let's say they say, do you want to do that on the Tuesday, but I've got me time in for Tuesday and Thursday. If I don't have any plans on the Wednesday, I'll just push me time to the Wednesday. Okay. So I'm kind of juggling it but around. But if you ever say no, do you say, sorry, that is my me time yeah. night? And they're, they're fine with that. Totally. Yeah, you I think it's be. being... Or you, or you don't even have to say me time. Sorry, I'm busy. Yeah. And my other thing I learned is the best advice I was ever given, um, which I don't know if it fits in here, but um, value yourself and others will value you. Because I'm yes. very good at being apologetic, putting myself down, and people go for it. That It's a weak spot. So if you can, like, and especially being self-employed, you know, you, you tell someone how much you cost to do consultancy, they can't afford you, walk away. Like, their problem. There's a moment where you... You have to have your boundaries yeah. in the right places. Yeah. Otherwise, you are honestly just being like smacked. And it down. goes with everything. So Thank it's you. like you know the friend that always asks you to look after their children, or the nanny that always asks to leave a little bit early, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Just be clear and direct. Yeah. But kind. Okay. So so um, I'm so excited for you. So you've just obviously got your Sunday Telegraph column, yes. which is epic. Which is congratulations. Kind of... I've been loving it. I, I thought this, it was so random, but actually, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I moved out of London. I took loads of clothes with me. I wasn't wearing half of them. I love clothes. I'm interested in them. I'm interested in what they do for people in terms of confidence and happiness. And, you know, a good outfit can usually make a good day. And, um, and you know, the, the clothes that we hide behind, because I did a lot of hiding when I was struggling and people be like oh you work at Vogue oh wow you must have the best life ever and I was like no but if I wear something that might distract you then let's talk about the jacket instead and it became a bit of an armor so then the Telegraph had a column space that became available and weirdly they've actually just asked me to double it in word count so it's been well received and it's really about saying yeah you may live in the country but you don't just have to wear welly boots and starry jumpers by the way I love starry jumpers and my friends are now like oh god I'm wearing a starry jumper I'm so sorry I have so many starry jumpers I'm just saying it's quite a stereotypical look and you're probably holding on to so many pieces from a former life where you worked in London and you were like a slightly different size either wear them or give them away to Smartworks um (laughs) but but do something with them and you don't always have to just flock to Zara or Bowdoin because it's got great customer service and delivery you know so I'm trying to feed new ideas to an audience that are they're you know fortunate you know that some of them are very affluent and they still want to feel sexy or they still want to feel good about themselves but but because we live in the country, we're not, you know, in the hub of London or Liverpool or Edinburgh, wherever it may be. So it's for all those people up and down the country who don't live in the city, um, but still want to kind of get the most out of their wardrobe and their purchases. But what I have not- noticed as well is that when you move out and you're probably a little bit older and you've got one, two, three, four children, you know, your income may 
probably stay the same, but your outgoings completely change. You have a mortgage, you probably have a roof to fix, you probably have a slightly bigger house, a garden to maintain, um, your food bills definitely go up because you're not going out so much. So it's all, uh, I've experienced that firsthand and, you know, everything like our household insurance premium is higher because we have, um, you know, we live in the country or whatever, or like, it's just, it's, it's a bigger house to, it's not huge by the way, but it's, I think um, my point is you still want to buy a few pieces, but you probably have less money to spend on that now. You yeah. can't just spend it on yourself. You're saving for your children. You're putting it into school fees or, you know, holidays because you can only go on holiday and um, school holidays and that makes it 10 times more expensive. So it's just having an awareness of that. An awareness and also making sure that each thing you do buy it has sustainable kind of yes. f- a factor with it as well. So that actually, I'm just looking, I wear the same coat every single day and I yeah. have done for three years and I love it. But how can I ask, how much do you think that coat was? Well, I know how much it was I bought it. How much was it? Is it horrific? It was Joseph okay. coat. Okay, so, so it we're was, talking big bucks. It, well, it was in the outlet sales, so it was... Hmm. It was I think it was 30% off. I think it was okay. still about £400. But my point but is, £400 over three years exactly. is basically, what, 130 quid a year, and you've worn it More probably, than 130 times a year. Exactly. So that's my whole fashion math thing, is, is basically saying, buy fewer, buy better. And yes, you're probably going to tick the sustainability box at the same time. So hopefully everything I've done organically is actually like ticking the boxes in terms of future-proofing my business and the way we should all approach shopping totally and it's really interesting because I just love all everything that you post and everything that you write but when I am now shopping I'm thinking can I wear that from season to season can I dress it up can I dress it down can I I don't know what else I can do with what you already own does it go with what I already own and yeah and it's just so useful to have that mentality whereas before I didn't. I didn't have it. I didn't have any idea. But yeah. I'm very good. Like this, I I've had that. for two years, and I wear it pretty much all the time. But the, everything that I'm wearing, honestly, I yeah. say the same. And I say it to people. I'm like, I wear jeans and a jumper pretty much every day. Yeah. Love the jumpers that I wear. Yeah. Will buy good jeans, mm-hmm. but I wear them. And I wear them. And I wear them. And I wear them. And that's just what the I whole do. Time. And I think it's yeah. Sometimes I can get so that's my point bit. about Instagram. It just it makes you think, bloody hell, she hasn't worn anything more than once to all the people that are kind of constantly churning out new outfits. So I'm sort of saying, avoid avoid even falling into the Instagram hole if you're kind of having that moment of, I really want to buy something new, but if I look at Instagram, I'm going to see all this new stuff for inspiration, but actually it's all probably been gifted and not declared. You know, all that kind of thing. So, so just try and focus on what you actually need, what actually suits you, what you actually can afford, not what your friend can afford. And you sort of um, start to think for yourself and not for what other people want you to own or, you know, what brands are telling you you have to have in your wardrobe this season. And and hopefully what I do with wardrobe edits is just that. You, you cull, you take to charity, and then you replace those um, gaps that we make with kind of... I. Um, pieces that actually suit your lifestyle and budget amazing so good well done you it's so epic well okay so oh gosh rounding off we're going to here are some questions that I actually ask everyone I really want to know what does balance mean to you everything in moderation yeah Uh, including moderation including moderation uh, which you know Saturday night I know I'm going to drink far too much I just know it but you know what that's kind of my approach at the Bring moment because I don't drink Monday to Friday. But so I'm not very good at that. But um, 
balance. God, I, balance should mean happiness, shouldn't it? Really, different for everyone. Yeah. What does it mean for you? It means that ev- all of the parts of my life, so my relationships, my career, my purpose, my spirituality, my food, my exercise, are all in this like place of equilibrium. Really? Yeah, that for me is balance. No, so I often, do that. so often, I'm not. 100% balanced of course because you go through so many different things but for me it's looking at those five things in my life and thinking where am I at with all of them do you know the thing that lacks right now for me is my friends I'm I haven't my friend my two best friends have just had babies and and it's all being communicated via whatsapp fair enough but I have to pick up the phone and call them because that's like the biggest time in their lives and if I can't call them now like that's crazy so um my friends sadly I think in the top five of they're in the, the fifth position. Mm. Well, it's really... For me, that is something that you can ease... Sorry, not for me, but for you. Yeah. That is something that you can easily bring back by making time. So, for example, every time you commute back from London yeah. on your whatever day or week it may be, yeah. that's when you call your friends. Okay. Or two of them. You know, you've got an hour train journey. Yeah. Perfect. It's and just, even if they yeah, can't speak, I'm very good at making you've excuses. Done the, yeah, yeah, no more excuses. But just put it in your put it in your phone as a little reminder. Mm, okay. Actually, I do do that reminders sometimes of well, whatever it may be. Yeah. Okay. Actually, another hack that I I definitely should do more, but um, I read about um, by my friend Grace Timothy, who wrote a piece about it in Stella magazine. It's referred to as pulling up the drawbridge and it's basically allocating a whole weekend to just being a family. And um, there are no phones, there are no plans whatsoever and everything you do is kind of either what the children want to do or it's, you know, what the parents kind of think might be a fun activity. I love that idea of, you know, you batten down the hatches as it were and you just exist as your little four or five or whatever you might be. And um, you interact in a way that you probably don't when you've got gazillion plans or swimming lessons on a Saturday morning or whatever it might be. And um, it it was just a really nice thing to have at the end of a busy week to know that it's just going to be you and your children and your husband almost like getting to know each other again after a crazy week. That's so lovely. And how often would you do that every month? No, I wish we could, but I think we need to book one in pretty soon. Yeah, but go through your calendar and literally do it for next year. Oh, yeah, for the whole year. So pre-plan them in, because this is what I do with my... Yeah, I've mentioned my two nights a week. I will go through for the next month and I will block out these times. So when someone says, oh, do you want to come to the cinema, what do you say? So what I say is... um, Okay, if it's one of my best, best, best friends who I see the whole time, that could work because we don't necessarily need to go into a long chat that okay. is draining, but yes, whatever. I know what you mean. Or let's say they say, do you want to do that on the Tuesday, but I've got me time in for Tuesday and Thursday. If I don't have any plans on the Wednesday, I'll just push me time to the Wednesday. Okay. So I'm kind of juggling it but around. But if you ever say no, do you say, sorry, that is my me time yeah. night? And they're, they're fine with that. Totally. Yeah, I, I think it's be. being... Or you, or you don't even have to say me time. Sorry, I'm busy. Yeah. And my other thing I learnt is the best advice I was ever given, um, which I don't know if it fits in here, but um, value yourself and others will value you. Because I'm yes. very good at being apologetic, putting myself down, and people go for it. That It's a weak spot. So if you can, like, and especially being self-employed, you know, you, you tell someone how much you cost to do consultancy. They can't afford you. 
walk away like their problem there's a moment where you you have to have your boundaries yeah. in the right places yeah otherwise you are honestly just being like smacked and it down. goes with everything so Thank it's you. like you know the friend that always asks you to look after their children or the nanny that always asks to leave a little bit early or whatever it might be yeah just be clear and direct yeah but kind um and what is your favorite recipe at the moment i know ollie's the cook <laughs> Rice Krispies and milk? I don't know. Um, no, my favourite recipe is not even a recipe, but it's the one thing my husband's taught me to do. It's so easy. It's prawn cocktail, but... Delicious. And, and you know what? It's protein. It's You could have it with a really nice crispy bread, but I would just have it with amazing crispy lettuce and great succulent prawns. And then he's taught me how to make, you know, the sauce, which is obviously like mayonnaise, ketchup a little bit of um brown not brown Pika. sauce no what's, uh, what's the sauce what's the sauce and salt and pepper and and obviously he'll say make it with like his fabulous olive oil that he's brought home from work for us to try but it's re- and avocados but it's not groundbreaking it's so 80s but you know what he loves it i love it Tastes and good. i don't get in a bad mood when i make it which is usually what happens whenever i cook i do anyone who says it's relaxing to cook i don't get it i really don't yeah, but you both have your different roles, and that's what what's important. I remember when I went to stay with Jenny last year, <laughs> Ollie had left at the yes. time a sheet with he'd written all the timings of when he needed to yeah. do what because he was. That's be my out. way of cooking. So funny. I'm oh, I'm usually hungry. I get very hungry. Have to have nuts in my bag, obviously. But I'm usually hungry when I start cooking. So then I start picking, and by the time you've served it, you're like, actually, I'm not hungry anymore. No. <laughs> Love you. And then what is the one thing that you would never leave the UK without? My... No, I would leave without my children because I've just been away without them. <laughs> um, what am I meant to say? I mean, I would just say my diary. Okay, now we are moving into our quick fire time. So are you ready for this? Yeah. Chocolate or wine? Wine. Peppa Pig or Elsa? Elsa. 7am or 7pm? 7 p.m. Spring, summer, or autumn, winter? Spring, summer. Olive oil or Ollie? Ollie! <laughs> <laughs> oh, James, it's been so lovely chatting to you and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me and it's been a pleasure and I think everything you do is just inspiring, so thank you. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find Ginny on Instagram at GinnyCH00 and don't forget to get your copy of the Sunday Telegraph this week for her fashion tips. Um, And if you're not already subscribed and you don't want to miss another episode, then please hit subscribe. And if you did like what you heard, then I'd be beyond grateful if you could rate it and leave a comment. Mm -hmm.